he used to fly around the country promoting promoting his uh, his products. Um, uh, he had his uh, his pilot's license. He had his own plane. And there's the phone that I didn't think would ring. <laughs> pause. Pause that there, thought. There it is. Yeah. Pause that thought. Okay, start again. Oh, no, don't start again. <laughs> Still waiting for it to go to an answering machine. Come on, answering machine. All right, it's gone. So, yeah, so Dean, Dean used to... Oh, shut up. It's <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter! Yeah! <laughs> My name is Rob Minot, and joining me today for his triumphant return to the podcast, Mr. Steve Barkley. Hello. Well, that's triumphant sounding. Yeah, it was a little bit anticlimactic, <laughs> but all right. Anyways, uh, hey, also joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello, everybody. Ryan Flurry, no way. It is me. I know. Oh, you know, he's a man. he's a radio he's a radio star now, and he's still hanging with us. So is Rob. I. Rob oh, yeah. was yeah. radio Rob was with right. me. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, I have to. We have to give a shout out to uh, Shelly and Chris over there at. Uh, CKCU FM. What's the what's the call? What's the what's their what's their numbers, Ryan? Ninety three point one CKCU FM dot com. I know we they, they even got us to cut the promos. So. <laughs> Wait, CKCU? Uh, that's cuckoo. <laughs> it's cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. I I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea. Ryan just told me, "Hey, we're doing an interview," and I said, "Okay." How did how did they? Anyways, we should we should set this up. So, Shelly Ann Morris, she's the co-host of a little show called Welcome to My World on CKCU, and uh, she invited us on to have a little bit of a chat last week, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah, we talked about everything about Canadian assistive technology. We talked about AT banter. We talked about my music. We talked about blind beginnings. Yeah, we just yeah. did plugs up the wazoo. Yeah, it was good. Holy schmoly. Yeah, it was great. But it was it was great. It was a really fun conversation. Um, and it was nice, man. I, I'm telling you, like it's so nice when you appear on somebody else's show because you just you don't have to worry about anything. You just show up and talk. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, kind of, it's not you. It's not on you. Yeah, I've, I've been interviewed a couple times on AMI, and uh, you know when you're sitting there and you're having a lull. It's their problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. When you fuck up, you're just like, yeah, it's just, sorry, Chris. Well, you really screwed the pooch on that. Yeah. Sorry, Grant. Yeah, no, it was that good. was a lot of fun. So, um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to actually have Shelly uh, on the show at some point um, and talk a little bit about, uh, about that because now she's a co-host. She 
hosts that show with uh, Kim Kilpatrick. Usually, oh, yeah. Kidding. Yeah, usually. So it's just been Shelly Ann Morris for the last little while since the pandemic, basically. Yeah. And Shelly Ann Morris also works for the Canadian Council of the Blind as well and is a low Straight vision up. triathlete. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can so. I can barely get myself going in one athlete. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had I'm going to bring up something that happened today that I thought was kind of interesting and a bit of a flash oh. from the past. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We had an email from a Mr. Dean Blazy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And Dean Blazy was him and his brother Brian were the creators of the. No, no, no. Brian is his son. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. I thought they were brothers. No, no, no. Dean, Dean's is dead. Oh, okay. Well, then you tell the story. Well, they were the creator of the the ever popular Braille and Speak. That's right. Which I Dean. just happened to have one in my drawer and turned it on today, and it works. Uh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Could you could you fill me in? What's a, what's a Braille and Speak? So a Braille and Speak was an early Braille note taker. Uh, there was there was another one that was out before it uh, that I think Dean worked at the company before then, but he, he he struck off on his own and he created his own called the Braille and Speak, and it was basically uh, a Braille keyboard with speech output, um, and you brailled away on the keyboard and it spoke to you and it had a note taker and it had a bunch of a bunch of other minor functions. Over the years, it, it got turned into uh, the Braille Lite. Uh, there were successive models of the Braille and Speak, but there was also the Braille Lite, which had a refreshable Braille display on it. Um, they, uh, they they just kept building on it and building on it, and eventually the company, uh, Blazy Engineering, was purchased by Freedom Scientific uh, uh, wow. and was, was made part of that uh, Freedom Scientific con- consortium. Back before Vispero became Vispero and took over everything, so. But definitely pioneers in the industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and Dean, Dean used to he, so Dean used to fly around the country uh, in his uh, in his private plane. He owned a, owned a plane, and uh, he used to fly around promoting these these Braille and Speak. So if you were at a show, you could almost be guaranteed that Dean flew there on his own. And then later, uh, Brian, his son, uh, took up the uh, mantle of, uh, of uh, vice president of sales, I think it was. And he started flying around and, and promoting the things. But they were all kinds of fun back in the early days of assistive technology because they loved, loved, loved uh, their wine and their parties. They threw <laughs> the best parties, and they, they bought people a lot of wine. <laughs> and and I, I have to say to this day I don't think I've ever drank a more expensive bottle of wine than the bottles of wine that Brian bought me at dinner oh I can't remember how many years ago now yeah they were pricey wow. but, he, but he seemed to like them so. <laughs> and, and he was paying the bill so even better so wait. So let me get this straight. So then, then so Freedom, Freedom Scientific bought them up, and then and then they sort of absorbed that technology, and they started developing sort of a next generation of of note takers. Yeah, on even this model. Even before that, uh, Blazy Dean, Dean uh, and and Blazy Engineering bought uh, the assets of Telesensory when Telesensory was going out of business. And uh, so they merged. So Telesensory became part of Blazy Engineering. Blazy Engineering 
became part of the the three companies that merged to form Freedom Scientific. So it was uh, Blazy Engineering, Hunter Joyce, and um, uh, Arkenstone. Uh, uh, Arkenstone, thank you. Uh, those three companies formed uh, Freedom Scientific. Man, that's fascinating. And Ryan, you said you plugged it in and it worked. Yeah, I plugged it in, let it charge for about 10 minutes, I turned it on, I could bring up the options menu, I could create a new file, everything worked just like it did the day I got it. Man, you know, they just don't make them like that anymore. Nope. Nope. And you know what? There's still tons of those old devices, Braille lights, Braille and speaks, kicking around in people's drawers that they maybe haven't parted with yet. And Rick at Chaos Technical Services could probably get them running again, even if the batteries have died. Yeah. Even wow. if the backup batteries have died. He's <laughs> repaired so many of those things. Man, you know, and that's so, it's interesting that you bring that up, Ryan, because I've, I also this week had, or the last few weeks, actually, I've, I've had sort of an intimate experience with um, used assistive technology. Uh, over at Blind Beginnings, we, we had some, some tech donated to us and what we've sort of realized is that it can be a real challenge um in getting older pieces of at running and really you know trying to even determine a value uh, of them because when they become outdated it's really hard to like get drivers or to get parts or even to get any sort of support from the manufacturers because once a model goes sort of defunct, that's it. Like they, they stop, they stop servicing them and they stop um, making drivers for them. And because a lot of these devices will say hook into your computer, if the drivers don't match up with, with the current generation of windows, well, it becomes a paperweight. Yes, it can be an exercise in futility trying to get something well, to work <laughs> but but it, in a way it's a kind of a shame because of what it does is that it really kills sort of the the used market for these devices yep. because the last few weeks we've been sort of complaining and lamenting the fact that there isn't more funding options for people to get the assistive technology they need and it really it seems to be a shame when you have something like a you know, say a 10 year old note taker, that's, that would work great for somebody, but there's just no way to really get it running on today's computers be, because it's outdated because you can't get new drivers for it. Um, and because I, I, having a, a, a robust used market for some of these devices, I would think would be one way where you could actually get some devices, usable devices to the people that need them. Yeah, and I look on eBay every once in a while, and you can get, you know, like Freedom Scientific had a PacMate note taker, and you can get PacMate, you know, 20 cell or 40 cell braille displays for, you know, five, six hundred dollars on eBay. Now, you know, they say working condition, but if it was to die tomorrow, the day after you get it, you know, are you out the 500 bucks or will Freedom Scientific repair it? Can anybody repair it? So you still kind of take your chances on a used marketplace, right? Let me mention Rick again. <laughs> He's repaired thousands of packmates. Thousands, billions, billions even. But I mean, isn't part of the problem, like say a packmate, for example, say a packmate note taker, is do you have any hope of of being able to connect that to say a laptop that's running Windows ten? Yes. Okay. There's, well there's, listen. There's there's still drivers available. Yes, but okay, keep well, but yep. keep but keep in mind the Packmate was running Windows Mobile, 
and that it used compact flashcards for wire for Wi-Fi and Ethernet. So, yes, yeah, you no, can, you're not you're not going to use the note taker portion of that, but the the Braille display. The Braille display, yes, absolutely, yeah. On, on its sockets, and you can use that on a Windows 10 computer, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Yes, the, the note-taker portion of it is is so far obsolete. I mean, it was obsolete when it came out, really. But it was based on Windows CE, and, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to connect it to really anything meaningful anymore. But yeah, and the Braille display itself, it'll keep marching on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's just a shame. I just think of all this used AT that's out there that are just that, that, that isn't usable anymore. And um, yeah, it sucks because you know, buying something new is so expensive. Well, what's worse to me is when you see AT that's just sitting in closets that is recoverable. Like it, 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 you know, people have spent, you know, thousands of dollars, particularly on things like refreshable braille note takers. And when the batteries die in them, they end up in a closet and they go, oh, well, it doesn't work anymore. Instead of being sent to some place for repair where it can be revived. Um, you know, there's there's so much equipment that's that's just died on the shelf because of that, um, and and it's a total waste, especially since the stuff is so expensive. However, it does keep me in business. So thanks, guys. <laughs> but I mean, don't you find that like, like there really isn't a resale or used marketplace for assistive? Well, I I I. Um... I, I put the uh, the gently used section on the Canadian Assistive Technology website in the hopes that it would turn into a bit of a marketplace for um, you know people to to buy and sell uh, used AT. Um, but it's really rare that something gets sold off of that that site. Um, you know, there's some there's some fabulous bargains there, um, and and. You know, more people would use it if stuff moved, but it just doesn't move. Like like Ryan said, I think that people are, are really concerned that, you know, if they buy a piece of used equipment and it keels over tomorrow, that they're going to be stuck with a, a paperweight that they just spend a bunch of money on. But uh, but there there are some great deals to be had for sure. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, even, you know, even a Braille display that's, that's marked down incredibly, like 90%, you're still looking at, you know, hundreds of dollars. And, you know, yeah, that's a huge risk to, to spend that much, that kind of money and then have the device die because it's 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Wow. We got geeky. <laughs> we <laughs> totally nerded out there, man. So I want you, so Ryan, I, I want you to tell the audience though, what your idea, because after you did that, you did, you did sort of throw a message in the Slack channel and you came up with an idea for a show. And I want you to share that with the audience. So, whoa, oh, whoa. I love this idea. Oh, really? You really want me? Okay, well, if yeah, I announce this, we have to do it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, well, do it. February 27th is National Retro Day. And so what I threw out to the boys, Rob and Steve, was that we do a retro 80s podcast. Oh, that'll be totally gnarly. <laughs> so we just need to work out a date and time before that so we can post it that week. Shuffle a couple of shows around, and we will get something recorded. Oh, dude, I mean, it's going to be totally tubular. All about the 80s. 
choice. So okay, well, oh, let's okay, let's let's workshop this right yeah. now live. <laughs> right now, so live. What, like, what are we? What are, what are we going to do? Are we going to talk like technology of the eighties? Are we just going to like just? I think we can do. Eighties. What do you want to do? Well, I think we can oh. do everything. Like we can do movies, TV. We can do music. We can do AT related stuff. We can do. Oh my God, dude. How long yeah, is this cap- podcast going to be? Oh, it won't cap- take long. What's your agenda? To talk, to, talk for an hour on the Back to the Future movies. No, no, them. no. No, no. It would be like a round table, I think. There were only two good ones anyway. That's right, Karate Kid. Yes. What was the Did second? You, uh, was Terminator 80s? Well, I mean, I mean geez. Okay, E.T. No. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about it. I was... All the Indiana Jones movies, E.T., like anything Spielberg related. I know. I did a search online. And it was like, okay, Knight Rider came out. Air, uh, Air, um, Airwolf, Airwolf came out. Yeah. It was like, oh, such great TV. <laughs> the A-Team. The A-Team. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard was oh, 79, but that led into the but 80s. I just picked, pulled up a list of popular 80s movies. Dudes, we got material. Oh, there's Miami tons Friday. of material the 80s from a blindness point of view because i had sight back then i have you know it has to be had to have been kind of I mean, different you know were they wearing blue eyeshadow like the rest of us you know yeah how did they make <laughs> how did they make big hair that's right <laughs> yeah that must have taken forever <laughs> that's a lot of hairspray that's yeah. probably what did kill the ozone layer. <laughs> it's just like yeah. all the hairspray that it took to yeah, so we need, we need a meeting to work all this out, but yeah. But look forward to that uh, this month, everybody. Yeah, it should be AT fun. Banter 80s edition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Miami Vice. I was so into Miami Vice. Well, my wife, yeah, Linda, was say, my wife Linda was actually saying we should do this as a video podcast. So <laughs> we, we actually all turn our webcams on. We dress 80s, have 80s music. Oh, man. Do we oh, want to do I a video podcast? Know. I don't know if I can dress like the <laughs> And I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't um, know. Pop a polo shirt. Oh, that's true. I, yeah. I don't know if I have I cords not, anymore. I got, for my grad, this is really embarrassing, but whatever. <laughs> um, um, for my grad, I picked out a Miami Vice tux. <laughs> that was that the sports jacket was like salmon pink. Nice. nice and and the, the pants were white and the shirt, the shirt was white and like white white shoes oh beauty like do you have oh, a picture like a we need school. a picture i think i might oh you gotta dig of, that up okay i'll see if i can dig it yeah up. we need but that for the podcast that's going in the show notes that yeah it's fabulous ridiculous fabulous. yeah Whew. that's awesome right. well all right hey on that note Hey, Ryan, <laughs> Rob. What, uh, what are we doing today? Today we are doing a follow-up show with Mike Calvo and Matt Campbell on their company Numa Solutions and a new functionality they have added to their product, Scribe. Scribe, is, Scribe is a service that allows people to create accessible documents that may have been inaccessible before that. And now they've added the functionality to upload a PowerPoint presentation and bing, bang, boom, you've got an accessible presentation. Accessible PowerPoint presentations. Yep. You and don't need it. Even when the prof is an idiot. And you don't need to know anything about making it accessible. It does it all for you. The power of yeah, AI. Well, this, is, this is certainly striking while the iron's hot because this is exactly the time that we need something like this. 
Mm-hmm. This is this is going to do two things. One, it will make a lot of presentations accessible to people who are blind and visually impaired. And two, it is going to frustrate the hell out of accessibility people who have been trying to teach their profs to make accessible <laughs> presentations. <laughs> yeah, you can't win for trying. That's nope. right. <laughs> 30 years I've been banging my head against this wall. And you come along with a product that just does it? Damn it, Calvo! Yep. It's the 21st century, man. We're all going to be replaced by robots and AI soon enough. No, it's not. It's That's the 22nd right. century, isn't it? No, it's... Tw- no. Can I, I had to think about that. <laughs> no, I wish it was... A, no, because like the Star Trek was like the 24th century. It's so the 21st. Thank you. 24th. Definitely holy cow. 21st. We're jumping well, ahead. No, that's forget it. <laughs> oh, which those are more movies. We have to, we do all Duck Dodgers movies too. Duck Dodgers was in the twenty fifth and a half century. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my. Oh man. Although I have to admit, like, dude, don't you love going back and watching eighties movies where they uh, the sci fi movies and they. They base them in like, you know, in 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they completely future scape. Like Blade Runner. Blade Runner was like <laughs> set in like something like 2016 or something. Yeah. And it really wasn't that far off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish. Where's my Daryl Hannah sex bot? <laughs> Amazon.com. No, it's not. It's not there. I checked. <laughs> Attaboy. That's <laughs> yeah, actually... It, it said in November 2019, Blade Runner. Is it? 2019, that's what it was, yeah. 2019, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Pandemic, yeah. No flying cars yet. Thanks a lot. Yes, there is. Yeah. Damn it. Well, there are, yeah, but not enough of them. No. Yeah. They're too expensive still. We can't even afford a Tesla. <laughs> what happened to those flying cars? What happened to those flying taxis that they were uh, supposedly going to be testing in Vegas? Did When Vegas sh- get shut yeah. down, they just decided not to do that? Yeah, I remember that. I want to know what happened to yeah, hoverboards. Yeah, we didn't get hoverboards. We didn't get hoverboards. Yeah, actually, we did, and I believe they caught on fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that the only problem? What's the problem? So your shoes melt. <laughs> uh, 20, 20, 2023, Uber set sights on launching flying taxis in 2023 in Vegas. Wow. Okay. Well, it's about the time. Yeah, I think that's about the time I'll be ready to travel again. So, we'll see. All right. If you go onto Amazon right now, there's a Daryl Hannah sex bot. Hoverboards, only they've got wheels on them, so they're not really yeah. hoverboards. Uh, exactly. Hmm. I know. And I did. I, I think Nike tried to. I think Nike did make a model of shoe that was modeled after the the self lacing shoes from back to the future too yeah i think um, so but they just made it as like a gimmicky thing but like honestly that was a great idea too why don't we have those like you just slip your your shoe in and it everything tightens up no we got velcro <laughs> which you can't even get anymore either because it turned out that everybody thought that was geeky but it was convenient i'd wear velcro shoes yeah but we're getting old See, we're cannibalizing the 80s show. We should be doing this on the 80s show. Oh, we will be. There's plenty well, to gather. Yeah. Only there, there were no hoverboards in the 80s, so, you know. I think, I think we have to deal with the reality of the 80s, not the, not the yeah, true speculation <laughs> of the 80s. Well, that might be an interesting look as well. Yeah, really. 
Hi everyone, this is Steve from Canadian Assistive Technologies and this is a shameless plug. Tablet-based magnification solutions have really taken off over the past couple of years. Products like the HumanWare Connect 12 have been extremely popular. Now we have a few different tablet-based systems to go along with the Connect 12. The Connect 12 is based on an Android tablet, which can be great for places using Google Classroom services, but sometimes you need a tablet with a bit more punch. The Mercury 12 from TriSight and the MagnaLink Tab from Low Vision International have similar functionality to the Connect 12, but both are based on the Microsoft Surface tablet, a full-blown Windows computer. If you're looking at a tablet-based system, you can look at all three on our website at www.canastech.com. And joining us now are Mike Calvo and Matt Campbell from Numa Solutions. So how are you guys doing? Doing good. Oh yeah, it's Groundhog Day today. I saw any special events to celebrate the fuzzy creatures. <laughs> well, b- besides the fact that he's gonna, he saw his shadow, so he said, "I'm gonna go hide again." Oh no, another six weeks. So, and and I'm in Orlando, and the temperature here with wind chill in uh, in Fahrenheit is about 20, which my wife, who does things in the what the rest of the world does, says it's about. <laughs> which is crazy you know groundhog day always makes me think of the movie the groundhog movie. day yeah. which makes me think of the song and put your little hands in mine okay <laughs> you know the one that that phil always wakes up to every time he repeats yeah. yes Love it. oh that's funny so mike um let me do some quick introductions because i don't know if matt knows who rob is but Matt Campbell is with Numa Solutions, previously of Microsoft and Serotech. And Mike Calvo, as most of you will know, is founder and CEO, or was, is, of Serotech and now Numa Solutions. So we spoke to you last, Mike, um, in June of last year, actually. It was further back than I thought it was regarding what's going on with Serotech and your new company, Numa Solutions, and a product that you've rolled out called Scribe. Can you just give us a quick overview of what Scribe is? Sure. Um, Scribe is what we call an augmented media remediation platform. And what that means is we basically do what humans have been doing, whether it be uh, remediating documents, whether it be remediating content in meetings uh, like this, uh, and we're going to talk about that today, and uh, hopefully in the future, remediating even video content on the uh, on the internet, but all with the use of machine learning, which is where the augmented comes from. And as we uh, advance going forward, uh, the beauty of our of our technology is because it's machine learning, it's not just us kind of guessing things, it learns uh, according to how we show it that it made mistakes in doing what it does. Yeah. Now, we, um, we released Scribe for document remediation at the beginning of last year in March, and we all know what happened in March. So <laughs> we kind of had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what are we going to do now with this technology? And what we realized was that there's a lot of folks at home, a lot of blind folks at home that can't access content from uh, Zoom meetings or Teams meetings. Anything that's shared on the screen, mostly PowerPoint presentations, uh, can't be accessed 
by a blind attendee in real time. Uh, sure, they can be given uh, the uh, the slideshow or whatever in advance, usually about five or ten minutes before, at which point the blind person has to struggle through learning what the PowerPoint presentation is and then listening to the presenter and trying to determine where in that PowerPoint the presenter is. So as you can imagine, it cuts down on productivity a whole lot. Um, and what uh, Mr. Campbell over here uh, did was he designed a way for tech for uh, a presenter to upload their slides to a cloud service and the attendee can simply go to a custom URL uh, and uh, and see the content that the presenter is showing on their screen in real time on any device with an accessible browser which is really amazing just in itself yeah and you know that added functionality to be able to access a, a presentation from powerpoint on the fly it's so beneficial like you mentioned right now during the pandemic we've got more and more people learning from home working from home attending meetings from home and you know like you said trying to learn how to use powerpoint in the time it takes to access a presentation just isn't feasible. So does this system or this process work with other applications other than PowerPoint? At this time, it does not. At this time, um, we have the engine tuned to the PowerPoint presentations in Zoom, and we are expanding as the year progresses, we'll be expanding into other platforms. Teams is the next one. Uh, but there's a lot of, to, to not bore you with the details, there's a lot that goes into, for example, if somebody shows a Word document or somebody shows a an XLS spreadsheet up there or whatever, whatever they, many people share their entire screen. And the technology does not do well at all when people share their entire screen. It really does uh, its best right now when it is a dedicated PowerPoint presentation, which thank God is, you know, a majority of the presentations out there. We, we're not gonna be able to do them all yet, but uh, you know, I, what I've learned to say when it comes to uh, uh, designing with machine learning uh, tools is not yet, never know, just not yet. <laughs> now to clarify, um, if the presenter is using a slide package other than PowerPoint, for instance, if they're using Keynote or Google Slides, it doesn't, it doesn't matter which slide package they're using to actually show the presentation. If they can get us a file in the, in the PowerPoint format and, and upload that to the scribe for meetings service beforehand, because what happens is the presenter isn't running anything on their machine during the presentation. They, they upload the slide deck in advance. And then when the blind attendee connects to scribe for meetings, we send in what we call the scribe bot, uh, the scribe bot connects to the meeting and looks at the screen and says, Oh, the presenter is on slide three now. Uh, so it's, it's matching up what it sees on the screen with the slide deck that the presenter uploaded in advance. And that's very cool. So does it also give you the ability to 
let's say the presenter is, you know, advancing the slides faster than you're actually able to look at the information, retain the information, read the information. Does it give you the ability to go backwards and review it? Great question. And that is what we, we internally call DVR mode. And we've been <laughs> using that term so much, man, that I think it's going to end up being that. But in DVR mode, what you can do is you can go backwards, much like a DVR on your TV. You'll be able to go backwards to the presentation. So let's say I'm on slide three and you're going to go up to four, five, and six, but I'm still trying to figure out what's on slide three. I'll be able to pause slide three. And then when I unpause, I will be able to just go forward, you know, and it just down, page down, page down, page down, page down. And basically it'll just be one big long uh, page that keeps being added to that you can page through if you want to look at what's going, you know, in, in, in kind of suspended animation, very similar to your DVR mode. And at that point you can, uh, you know, take your notes or whatever. And ultimately what we're going to be able to do too is be able to give you the ability to download and save at the discretion of the uh, provider of the content, of course, in alternative formats, Braille, large print, MP3, Daisy, EPUB, uh, accessible EPUB, all just at the click of a button. And by the way, I didn't mention before, but the presenter doesn't need to know a darn thing about accessibility. We provide uh, WCAG 2.1 compatible HTML, uh, regardless of pretty much what you give it. And we fill in image descriptions using a cloud service, currently the Microsoft cloud service. Right. So do we also have the ability then to interact with the slide? Like there's links in there or, yes. you know, audio files. Do you have the ability to interact with that? Well, links, yes. Audio files, no, because the assumption is that the presenter would play the audio file and you would hear it through their audio sharing as normal through Zoom or Teams. Yeah, an attendee can't do that. Okay. We don't we don't extend the attendee's capability. We, you know, enhance it to the point of for example, if there's a link there, sure, it pops up in a different window, you close the window, you're back in the present in the presentation. Right. Yeah, so Zoom gives you the ability to share your screen and and share presentations, share computer sound and you know many different options like that. So if I was in a Zoom meeting and I brought up the share screen and there was a share slideshow, slide presentation, what would that process be to share a presentation using Scribe through Zoom? So you, you share your screen through Zoom like normal, but um, ideally before the meeting begins, although it could be during the meeting if 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 they're scrambling to do it last minute the meeting host would go to scribeformeetings.com and they would copy and paste in the zoom invite link um and then we would look up that url see that it's not registered yet and give the user the option to register the meeting with scribe for meetings as the host um, at that point they enter a title for the meeting they upload their slide deck and they're done. Um, they can optionally copy and paste a direct link into Scribe for Meetings, or alternatively, the meeting attendee can also go to scribeformeetings.com, paste in that same invite link, and Scribe for Meetings will pull it up. The so meeting host doesn't have to do anything 
during the meeting, assuming they uploaded their slide deck in advance. Right. So it sounds like you've made it pretty seamless, pretty simple for anybody to be able to do. I think the goal here is to make it that way. The goal is to make it as simple a process that is the least disruptive as possible. I have a problem when I'm that blind guy in the meeting that's always requesting accessibility or always asking where are we in the slides or <laughs> or whatever and and up to this point it hasn't been possible to do anything else but that but to me as much as as much as we believe in an accessible world and Matt and I both believe in building accessibility in to anything you know when you're building it instead of bolting it on unfortunately we don't live in that utopian world where everything is 100% accessible and you know with 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 augmented media uh, remediation you're going to find that it does what humans do and it does it consistently it as it learns it does it better and unlike humans it doesn't take vacation it doesn't retire it doesn't die and take its knowledge with it it is a, a technology that keeps learning and let's be for real it's a repetitive task and if we can find a way for this technology to do these repetitive tasks for us accurately. I mean, do you really care if you drive the car or do you care about better transportation to get where you need to go? You know, I mean, you know, I don't care about driving a car. I just want better transportation. Same thing. Well, I don't care if that you and I have never been able to drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but my point is that I don't really feel as a blind person that driving a car makes me equal to a sighted person driving a car. Being able to get somewhere the same way they do makes me equal. Let Just like the same way, accessing a document at the same time uh, and a relatively similar manner to my sighted peers gives me the ability to be equal to them. Uh, if, if, if maybe a little different in the approach, but not by much but certainly much uh, as, as quickly and as accurately in many cases, in most cases. You know, I keep thinking about where we've come from um, in the assistive technology field. And, you know, I have to give you guys, you Mike and Matt, and other companies in the field, a lot of credit because Without the services and products that you guys are providing, we wouldn't have the access to information that we currently do. You know, it's it's easy to sit back and think, well, you know, if 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 Numa Solutions didn't come up with Scribe, you know, maybe the industry would just get their accessibility together in a timely fashion, but. You know, over and over, we've seen that that's just not reality. And so you guys are kind of bridging that gap. And in some ways, you know, kind of giving the mainstream an out to make their products accessible. But at the same time, if you weren't doing it, we wouldn't have the access. So, Well, well the reality is that uh, blind students uh, being educated remotely during the pandemic need this access now. Yeah. Not when the Microsoft PowerPoint team and the Microsoft Teams team can finally coordinate and get around to doing it right. And never mind that that would only cover Teams, right. not Zoom and other platforms. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, not not, I, not I, meaning not meaning to diss my former employer. No, not yeah. at all. And that and that's the thing here, right? Is that I I applaud with you, um, Ryan, the the fact that we not only have we grown as an industry, but so many people like Matt um, have gone into the mainstream and taken their knowledge there and been able to take advantage of the bigger budgets, be able to take advantage of the larger dev and research teams. What Microsoft, for example, is doing um, with seeing AI is, is, is nothing short of amazing. What would that have technology have cost us 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. And for me, when Matt, when Serotech wound down and, 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 and Matt and I started working on scribe, um, it was, it was like, okay, here's a new ideology we have. And we were treading water. We were going to pitch the scribe platform and get some document remediation together. And eventually, you know, and as the pandemic progressed, Matt and I said, we, we feel responsible to our community to develop a, you know, a solution to this problem. And Matt uh, started producing the solution, got a prototype, and it was so compelling that he stepped down from Microsoft and said, I, I need to join this full time so we can get it out to students, you know, before the school year starts again in January. And we were able to, thank God, meet that, that because Matt sacrificed his place at Microsoft and said, you know, I have a community calling that I need to serve better and, uh, and came and joined me here. And that, that's why it came. Um, I, I, I'm just the, I'm just the, the, the ringleader, the guy who drives the circus, <laughs> but he's an actual performer and we wouldn't have a circus if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Mr. Campbell and, 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 and other great developers, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, uh, that he's worked with and, 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 uh, and, and, you know, enjoyed, uh, sharing time with sharing ideas and that kind of thing throughout the years. And so if people wanted to kick the tires on Scribe and throw some documents or a PowerPoint slide presentation at it, how can they do that? Sure, you can, you can uh, visit the website. And the website, uh, we, we, we thought it would be uh, fun to do this to blind folks. Um, <laughs> so we called it NUMA Solutions, but it starts with a P. <laughs> so, so it's uh, P N. Says the blind guy who can't spell. <laughs> I, I I really thanks Matt. It's true. I I suck at spelling. Um, the spell checker is my best friend mm. because I am that lazy blind guy that the teacher said, Calvo, you need to learn the long form of the grade two. And I said, no, no, no. I'm not. I got time for that. <laughs> so uh, so I I. Guys, if you have students or children, if you're listening or anyone learning grade two Braille right now, learn it, but learn the long form as well, because if not, you're going to really suck at spelling like I do. But anyway, but that <laughs> my sucky spelling aside, it is Numa Solutions, P-N-E-U-M-A Solutions.com. And uh, you can check us out there, all of the different scribe offerings and what's going on and all that. And if you want to just check the technology directly, go to scribeformeetings.com. Now, something real quick, Ryan, to mention, um, as of the date of this podcast, uh, Scribe is in beta. Scribe for Meetings is in beta. It works for webinars. It works for meetings. Now, once it comes out of beta, it is going to be free for webinars for any company that serves the needs of the blind, be it for-profit or non-for-profit internationally. 
So all webinars, all conferences are absolutely free. They will always be. And for uh, mainstream companies that may or may not have blind people, but just want to provide this as a service in case they have blind attendees at their webinars, it's 99 bucks for them to do up to 10,000 uh, people attending their, their, their webinar. Uh, and then there's a bunch of pricing for scribe for meetings, for internal meetings and that kind of thing that are available on the website. But it is important to know that a it's international B it's free, uh, for organizations that serve the blind and C we have pricing that we're going to be posting, uh, for the other packages available on the, on the website. Well, I really hope that people jump on board and, and take a look at this. You know, with CSUN coming up here in March and, of course, being virtual, there's going to be, I would assume, many presentations that are being done using PowerPoint. Yeah. So something like this would really level the playing field for us. By the way, a big shout-out to GC Canada, who really helped us in developing uh, the augmented document remediation portion of Scribe which is, you know, still at the heart of much of this. Um, if it weren't for our our, our friends, because uh, we're in the states here, if it weren't for our friends in Canada, uh, across the border, we 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 would have uh, really been challenged some in some things. And they challenged us, and they held us to a very high standard. They made sure that our product was multilingual. Uh, so just kind of, you know, thumbs up to to uh, to GC Canada group up there um any idea how long it's going to be in beta for probably till about the end of march um we're really learning a lot from the beta because i mean obviously we we do testing and put things kind of in a sterile <laughs> we, we you know environment and we throw some things at it but even when we throw things at it we still kind of know what we're throwing at it and then it's that person with that weird 15 language <laughs> PowerPoint with some pictures from back in the 1960s and the, you know, all weird things. Or, that... or, or the, the, the one I'm working on right now is the type of slide where the slide gradually fills in as you, as you click forward. Hmm. And it's funny because as a blind person, I would never even know. The transitions and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and we're 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 taking care of all of that. So it's not just we're not just doing a straight, you know, conversion to HTML and here you go. There's a there's a lot of a lot of a lot of cooking that goes into that sauce back there. We call it slide sense because it makes sense of your slides. <laughs> nice. Mm, I love it. Well, this might be a little bit of a side topic, but I'm just curious to know what your your guys' opinions are on this. Um but, you know, of course, with the pandemic and, and the rise of networking software, like meeting software, do you, ever, do you think that there's space or do you think that there's a, there's a real appetite to develop a, from the ground up, a fully accessible meeting platform that is just, it's built to be accessible? I mean, Zoom is accessible and it's, one of the more accessible meeting platforms out there, but it's still not like, you know, it, it wasn't built from the ground up with accessibility in mind. Do you, do you think that we'll ever see something like that? Well, you first, Matt, I've got an opinion, but I want you first. Well, before you guys jump in, it's funny that Rob brought that up. Cause I was actually thinking that, you know, before this, Serotech had accessible event. Yeah. We've been there and done that. Yeah. 
and and uh, honestly, um, I don't think that it's worthwhile for us to bother with the intricacies of of, of things like audio codecs and, and God help us video um, <laughs> that 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 are already covered by the mainstream platforms. Yeah, I, I, my, my answer was going to be an adamant hell no, um, absolutely not. Under no circumstances is anyone to come up with the lunacy of coming up with a fully accessible meeting platform because, again, it's going to be a, a – and, and I, people get really pissed when I use this term, but it will be a blind ghetto product, and that is not what we need. What we need – is integration what we need is mainstreaming and we need to encourage these these platforms like zoom to become more inclusive to be more accessible the standards have been set all the standards are there all we would do if we were putting together this mythical uh accessible platform would be combining existing technologies that are already here that these guys should be implementing from you know from the moment that they're released into their products. Why should I be responsible for doing that for my community? That that I, you know, that they have to do it on their side, and we'll 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 build on top of that. <laughs> so hope I didn't. I, you don't feel attacked or anything, but no, I, I wouldn't. I would never. Uh, we, like Matt said, we've been there, done that, and it is not. It is not easy. Uh, you know what these guys are doing is is is, is not a walk in the park. I know I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for NUMA. You know, we saw what Saratech was able to accomplish. Let's see what NUMA's got in store. I get to work, you guys. <laughs> what are you doing? Wasting your time with us? Yeah, yeah well, where are you, you guys Man, get on with it. We got to talk to the little people every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> We're only talking about Steve, who's the littlest one of the group. My goodness, he's tall. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, man. This guy's huge. Huge, huge, I tell you. Hey, hey, well, uh, lost some weight. No, no, <laughs> I didn't mean huge like fat. I just meant tall. I, just, I wouldn't yeah. be one to talk about weight, my friend, you know, when it came to that. <laughs> I've been known to forehead. carry a few. Pounds. It's all forehead. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Well, Mike, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out of your morning, your your holiday down in the U.S. to join us to talk about what holiday? It's Where? Groundhog Day. Oh, gee. Oh, <laughs> Don't you get a day off for that, Matt? <laughs> no, no. I mean, Groundhog Day. I just uh, yeah, think of the movie, and that's about it. <laughs> watch the movie maybe yeah there you go excellent idea hey that is so cool what a wonderful time to be alive right i mean here here's a problem mike and matt just go out there smack it on the head drag it in beat it into submission and boom there you go new product yeah it amazes me the development time behind this but i mean these guys have like real real experience in this industry um serotech was a really big deal for a really long time, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And Mike, Mike's, Mike's been, you know, this this figure in the community who's been walking around, you know, throwing empowerment around, like here you have some empowerment, here you have some empowerment, and <laughs> it's great well, to see. You know, I forgot the fact that they they really already 
sort of cut their teeth on the, the idea of an accessible meeting platform. I, I didn't even I didn't even think of that when I asked the question. And and frankly, like I was a little surprised when when you know they were like, yeah, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. um, but it but it totally makes sense. Um, you know the problem the problem with meeting platforms, and we're seeing this right now, is just that there's there's kind of a battle for meeting platforms. I mean, Zoom and Teams. Uh, I guess Skype. We'll throw Skype in there just. To well, be fair. and Google Meet is still you know happening as well. Yeah, so I mean, throwing another another platform probably isn't isn't the solution. The solution would be to to build something that can work with any meeting platform. So it's not going to matter what the school is using, the yeah. office is using. You you'll just be able to plug right into it, and away you go. Well, that's yeah. one of the things I like about Mike, Matt, and you know what Saratech was and did is you know they would find find a gap in in the system and fill it. You know, we are still using their remote access software, RIM and RAM, and because it is fully accessible. I don't think there is another utility that will give me speech input and output when I need to connect to somebody's computer for troubleshooting other than RIM and RAM by Serotech. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I Something that crossed my mind as we were talking about this, you, you talked about the leading platforms, you know, Zoom, Teams, eh, Skype, maybe. What whatever happened to WebEx? Like it's still around. Were, oh, oh, they WebEx, were a, yeah. a monster in the industry, but nobody talks about them anymore. Yeah. I do see them still being used. I mean, I, I think that they they still are popular, but I'm sure the their market share has probably really decreased since since certainly since the pandemic. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. You, you oh, would I think, think part of any any company focusing on that market segment would probably be growing at this time, but I don't well, know. WebEx, I, I just WebEx don't hear. I don't hear the same momentum. I think WebEx. The problem with WebEx was corporate driven. They were very much like for big. The big companies were using them for things like webinar platforms, and I I, I would assume that they're still fairly big in that space. Like, are for say a hundred people. That's going to be something that you're going to want to do on WebEx and, and you're not going to really want to do on Zoom. So I think it's maybe just a different space. The problem is, is that with everybody under the sun needing some sort of, of meeting platform, Zoom just, you know, had the opportunity to, to grow like it has. I love the fact that they're, they have programs called RIM and RAM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I don't know, like not even, not even like that, you pervert. Those those would be great characters in, in some sort of a movie, like it's in a Transformer movie. Like a don't don't you dare, movies. don't you dare edit that part out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it all started with the Daryl Hannah sex bot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything everything begins and ends <laughs> at the Daryl Hannah sex spot. <laughs> Including Rim and Rim. Oh, That's right. It's, your, it's, been a, it's been a show full of revelations, everybody. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where in the world can people find us? That's something I forgot to mention to everybody. We are actually now on a new podcast slash audio media platform called verbal 
V-U-R-B-L dot com. Check us out there as well as any other media you might be interested in. And if you want to find the podcast at our regular location, that is atbanter.com. Oh man, you threw me right off. Wow. <laughs> totally. Wow. What, hold on. I didn't even, I didn't get the memo for verbal. What's this? Is this a new, is this a new um, podcasting platform? It's not just podcasts. It's old time radio. It's, uh, it's podcasts. I think there's music. It's yeah. A new service. I got an email about uh, early this week or late last week. Checked it out. Right. Filled out the form. AT Banter is now there. Nice. Yeah. Cause you like all that, oh, that old time radio stuff, eh? Yeah. I used to love that stuff. I haven't listened to that stuff in years. I should download a crap ton of that for the car. Yeah, I love all that stuff. Oh, yeah. The Shadow Knows. X minus one. Hey, you know where else people can find us? Where? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no, I do. Actually, it's uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They can find us there. Well, and hey, you know what? If they wanted to email us, uh, they could potentially email us at cowbell Ooh. at atbanter.com. You oh, could, for sorry. example, email us your favorite 80s movie. Yes. Just a thought. Yes. Just a thought. Just, just pitching it. If you want to hear us talk about a certain 80s movie on our big 80s show that we're doing. Or your favorite 80s, 80s band. Or fashion. 80. Oh, yeah, your favorite 80s fashion trend. Headbands. There you go. We all need to wear wear headbands for our video podcast. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Remember that Dire Straits song? I want my... No, wait. What was it called? Money for Nothing? Chicks for Free? Yeah. That was a great... A classic. We got those in-store oh, no, microwave it. ovens. Custom kitchen delivery. Yay, yay. We got the movies. Refrigerators. Oh. Anyways. 80s do have a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't our fault. We were high on cocaine and hairspray. And weed, and also we had the best music, so screw you. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, you know what? That is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks to Mike and Matt and Rim and Ram and <laughs> And not, not just Daryl Hannah, all the sex bots. <laughs> That's right. We will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C A N A S S T E C H.com. Or call us toll free at 1 844 795 8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 